Welcome, welcome, and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. We are live. We are ready for another exciting day, or I should say exciting night. Well, depending on, I guess, where you are listening to the show, it would be day or night. But anyways, welcome, 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 Rob Scary, Rob Scary Show. Don't forget, you can listen to us here. At Blog Talk Radio, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes, blah, 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 blah. All right. What do we start off with on, well, it's like a new tradition. Tradition could be just three times, right? Well, actually four. So, yeah, that's a tradition. Tradition. My my girls in the tradition. Everything is a tradition. We've got to start a new tradition. I want to, this will be our tradition. Everything is, let's do this tradition. Okay. How about this tradition? We do this. Okay. I like that. What are we, what's our going to be? I go, tradition is spontaneous. You can't like make a tradition. Just, it it happens, you know? It's like, it it happens. I want to do, we'll make a, we'll make this, that's, that's, that. You're not, you can't plan a tradition. But we did plan a fake news segment. We start every program with a fake news update. Yesterday, we did the fake news stock market update. And we highlighted the fact that stock market yesterday hit some more record territories. And we highlighted all the fake news. Rather, it was the Washington Post, New York Times. Remember, New York Times is the paper of record. Never forget that. The New York Times is considered the paper of record. So when they're spewing fake news, that's a big deal. It's a lot bigger of a deal than uh, Alex Jones. It's a lot bigger of a deal than some other website on, uh, you know, web. New York Times isn't supposed to be spewing fake news, but they do on a regular basis. They don't call it fake news. They just say, oh, we got it wrong. Actually, they don't even say they got it wrong. They actually make no reference. So yesterday we highlighted the fact that the Times, the Post, and all the rest of them talked about the stock market collapsing, gone. If you have investments, 401ks, it's all going to be gone. If Trump wins, which it's about a 1 in 10 trillion Of a chance, might as well go buy a lottery ticket. But should your lottery number come up, the minute he wins, the minute it is announced, the stock market is going to plummet. And I mean to the point where Americans will lose everything. And it didn't happen. So we highlighted that. Fake news yesterday. Big fake news. 
Now, today's fake news is another kind of smorgasbord. And it's highlighted by A, Hillary Clinton, talking about fake news. And the concept of censoring what the left calls fake news, which, listen, man, if you are concerned that Donald Trump is Hitler and Mussolini and he's a dictatorship and the people that he's appointing to his cabinet are military generals and all this stuff. It's a drop in the bucket. Literally, a drop in the bucket compared to Hillary Clinton talking about legislation, fake news. I mean, think about that for a minute. Just just think about that for a minute. Legislation to prohibit what the left deems fake news. So what is fake news? Who's going to be the person that says that's fake news? Ban it. I mean, doesn't that worry anybody? Doesn't that frighten any worry? Just think about that. I mean, just think about that. I had this conversation with someone today. I had this conversation with someone today, and I said, this worry you? I go, I know you're on the left, so, of course, in your mind, you're just talking about speech from the right. But it's a pattern with the left. It's a pattern on campus. How many times have we heard conservative speakers basically get shouted down? Now, I'm not a big fan of Ben Shapiro. I think he's a little prick. But how many times have we heard him being thrown out of a campus lecture? He gets invited by a portion of the student body. And then another portion of the student body finds out. And they scream, yell, create a ruckus. And get him thrown out. Because they don't agree with what he's saying. And the media never talks about that. The media wants to say, Trump is a Nazi. The people who listen to Trump are not the alt-right, Pepe the Frog, blah, 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 blah. But nobody takes a step back and goes, hey, wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. If we ban, if we get individuals thrown off campus because we don't like what they're saying, isn't that the definition of Nazism, dictatorship, fascism? I mean, isn't, isn't, isn't that the definition? Isn't that 
an example? When Hillary Clinton stands up while she's praising Harry Reid and then segues into, we have a problem with fake news. And we are currently in the process of creating legislation that will stop that along with the tech industry. What? What? So people on campus that are on the right saying stuff that the left doesn't like, they get barred. They get thrown off campus. And now there's legislation? I mean, imagine if Trump proposed this. I I mean, people talk about Nazism with Trump just because he pushes back against the media and calls people in the media out. He doesn't let them fly on his airplane. He doesn't tell Wolf Blitzer he's going for a stake. And that is stifling free speech and free press. And here's Hillary Clinton and the Democrats talking about legislation. Stop fake news. The hell's fake news? What is fake news? If you have Mark Cuban talking about the election of Trump will destroy the stock market and this story hits every single news outlet and I use the word news lightly and he appears on every single show Trump being elected and the stock market basically wiping people's investments out that's fake news okay that's fake news So what is Hillary Clinton and the left talking about? A story that they don't like? An article that talks about how many illegal aliens commit heinous, violent crimes? Or just Pizzagate? Remember, we had this discussion Monday. Fake news. Fake news is a word that was invented to talk about something that's been around for years. You walk into a grocery store. You're in the 15 items or less line. Somebody in front of you has got about 55 items. Can't believe nobody's said anything. You're not going to say anything because you're not that big of a prick. So while you're waiting, you're looking at magazines that talk about aliens visiting the White House. And secret jihadi spies that have infiltrated the White House. 
Isn't that fake news? Chris Jenner dating Kanye West and Scott Desick at the same time. Kim Kardashian. Gang bang love triangle. Isn't that fake news? You go online. You click an article that talks about a 109-year-old woman who just gave birth to twins. Isn't that fake news? It wasn't called fake news. Now, all of a sudden, it's fake news, and everybody's believing it. Everybody's following it. It's influencing elections. It got Donald Trump <laughs> elected. A pro- what? What is going on? And now, legislation? I mean, we have people that are in charge of the FCC. We have people that monitor the radio. We have people that go, ooh, uh, here's a list of things you can't say. But you also can't utter the word penis. Even though it's not on the list, you can't say penis. You definitely can't say butthole. I mean, who's going to now be sitting on a panel and breaking down what is fake news? Oh, that's fake. Okay, we're going to uh, have to cite that company. Uh, We're going to have to uh, call GoDaddy and have them shut down that website. I mean, it's frightening. Absolutely frightening. Talking about a Trump pick for a cabinet amounting to Armageddon, amounting to the end of the world. Because the guy doesn't believe in global warming, but yet legislation to ban fake news doesn't worry anybody, not one person. You know, the left is the real dangerous party. They just hide it better. They do. They just hide it in a way that makes people go, oh, they, they, they care. But that's changing. With this election, it changed. They weren't able to fool the people anymore. They weren't able to do it. Sure, you're always going to have those two or three million that live in California (laughs) and New York that you can bamboozle easy, real easy. 
They're the ones that think magic is real. What? Oh, my God. Chris Angel, he really knows how to fly. You're like, oh, fuck. Dummies. (laughs) Dummies. And the fake news hasn't stopped. Washington Post. They, I mean, they. you want to talk about purveyors and pushers of fake news. Whew. Yesterday, they did an article. And I think they posted it after our program was over. I would have talked about it. But it was a... Even when they say it's an opinion piece, the opinion piece is on a news site. I mean, we've had this conversation a year and a half ago. Opinion pieces should not be in newspapers. You should have a newspaper, newspaper, And then you should have an opinion paper, not an opinion section. Because it's too easy to blend that opinion into the paper and mask it as news. And they do that on purpose. But they had an article by Jennifer Palmieri. Hillary Clinton's campaign chief strategist, manager, whatever the hell she is. Now, remember, her and Kellyanne Conway got into a beef at that little summit at Harvard a week ago. They're going back. I mean, the Clinton people are still so beyond bitter. And they're acting like the election was based on the popular vote. Which again, to me, and I think to a lot of you, it's fake news to promote this popular vote count. Because it's meaningless. You don't run a presidential campaign to get the popular vote. That's not how it's done. It's absolutely ridiculous for Paul Mary or Robbie Mook to go, you know, we want to remind everybody that Hillary Clinton received more votes. What's that have to do with anything? That's not how we elect a president. It's not how we elect the president. What does that have to do with anything? We're just saying. Well, you're just saying. So you guys ran your campaign to win the most votes? Like you all sat down and went, all right, here's the goal. Win. We're back. We are back. 
All right, my friends, we are back. All right, hold on now. Let me make sure. Yep, we're back. Okay. That's what happens. Okay, that's what happens. I know. It's very it's very ghetto. <laughs> it's very ghetto. It happens. I, I don't know. Well, these last two these last two um these last two days we have been experiencing uh internet issues. I don't know why. Um I I, I, I we have listen, we have charter, okay? I, I don't know anybody else that has charter. And I, what I mean by that what I oh Jesus. What I mean by that Okay, bear bear with me here, guys. I'm okay. What I mean by that is I don't know anybody else in the entire effing world that has charter. I think we're the only ones that have charter. And charter sucks. Charter sucks. Matter of fact, the system that I guess is, you know, I don't even, I don't know. I, I can't, I, I don't know any of this stuff. But charter sucks. We have charter. We always get these times where we lose, uh, you know, connectivity and it drops. It's gone. And then I'm sitting here talking to dead air like a dickhead. It's just horrible. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> it's just horrible. And I got people uh, on Twitter. I got I got the uh, the the the, uh, the they're like, dude, you, you, we, we lost you after uh, 10 minutes. We lost you after 20 minutes. And I'm like, man, I did like a 40-minute routine on fake news. I'm not going to go backwards. Ugh, charter. Charter sucks. And, you know, I, uh, listen, since Trump is, is, is fixing these, these issues like Carrier, <laughs> Boeing, well, I want him to fix the goddamn cable companies. <laughs> and here's the other thing I want them to fix. Anytime I make a call to any of my credit cards, okay, whether it's Capital One or Citibank, the person that's talking to me on the other end of that phone is in the Philippines or they're in India or, or, or they're in some other godforsaken third world country and they don't speak good English, no good English. And the call takes at least 15 more minutes than it would if I was just talking to somebody that was like, hello, how are you? My name's Bob. What can I do for you? Oh, you'd like to make a payment? Sure. Instead, I get this, hello, is this, hello, what are you at? Oh, I'm like, what? What did you what did you say? I don't do voices real good, but you all have experienced this. 
So Trump needs to, to, to fix that. Okay, and I get it. I get it. These credit card companies want to pay, you know, uh, uh, $2 an hour for, uh, for call center work. But Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Come on. This is horrible. Because the whole automated system, listen, I, I know robots and that type of technology is eventually going to take over. But the whole automated system on the on the phone, no. Because we've had automation phone stuff for years, and I still go, operator. If you would like to operator, okay. But before we get to an operator, tell us a little about operator. Tell us, I just keep saying operator, operator, operator. Operator, and, and and I think if I yell operator louder, that somehow uh, the robot will eventually be like, okay, we'll do it right now. Opera, uh, operator, and then finally, the person that comes on the other line is like, hello, thank you for calling Kappa Mama. My name is, and it's always an American name, so they don't speak proper English. But their name is Jennifer. It's never ping pong or whatever Asian Filipino name they get at birth. It's always Jennifer, Kristen, Dave. But it don't sound like a Dave. Doesn't sound like a Jennifer. Sounds like ping pong. Oh, thank you very much, Robert Zagai. This is. Jennifer? No, it's not Jennifer. It's ping pong. I'm not understanding you, but I need to pay my bill. Oh, you want to pay your bill? Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyways, Trump needs to fix the cable companies because the whole internet thing kills me. And when I'm calling for my credit card, all right, I can't go back and do the fake news bit. Can't do it. We got to move on. All right? We got to move on. All right? Trajectory. We got to move on. So, yesterday, day before, day before that, we've been going through Trump's picks for uh, cabinet. Because remember, the left is like beside themselves. Oh, there's all these generals. and It's just generals. Generals and uh, people that... uh, that have no business being in these cabinet jobs. And you're like, but, and he's not draining the swamp. Yeah, he is. What are you talking about? He's not draining the swamp. There's handfuls of people that have never been involved in the bureaucracy of government before. Sure. Chow, Mrs. Chow, <laughs> whenever, whenever I see her, what is it, Elaine Chow or two, I think of uh, uh, <laughs> the guy from uh, Hangover. Remember, he jumps out of the car with the little, he's got the little pee-pee, <laughs> and Mr. Chow, 
<laughs> I think I, I just, but listen, that was political. That was all about politics. He, and if anything, Trump should be commended. Think about it. Trump wants to put forth a trillion-dollar infrastructure deal because he talked about it. He ran on it. Remember what Obama said. There's consequences for every election. That's what I love about the left. You're constantly hearing them spew this. What Trump has to remember is there's a whole nother part of America. And that part of America didn't vote for him. So when he's talking about him, wait a minute. Listen, you have a winner, you have a loser. Obama spelled that out correctly. There's a winner, there's a loser. The winners get a whole bunch of stuff that the losers don't like. That's what happens. You didn't do this for fun. And if at the end of the day, Democrats get everything they would have gotten if Hillary won, it, it, it defies the concept of winning and losing. I get it. I get it. For the last eight years, liberals have all been about, it's not a matter of winning or losing. It's just a matter of trying. So here you go. Here's your ribbon. But I finished last. That's all right. In my eyes, you're a winner. Well, in my eyes, guess what? You fucking suck. All right? You finished ninth. There was nine people in the race. You finished ninth. You're trying your best was the worst. You suck. You get nothing. But he's just a kid. Well, guess what? Guess what? He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to learn that ninth is not good. You're gonna wind up just being a millennial. So I get it, but there's consequences. Obama said that. There's consequences. Now. Part of those consequences are picks for the cabinet that the left is not going to like. Now, like I said, what Trump did with Chow was really genius. Remember, everybody goes, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's going to have Dennis Rodman. He's gonna, he wants a trillion-dollar infrastructure deal. How do you got to pass that deal? How do you get it through? You need... Congress. Mitch McConnell is still the leading Republican in the Senate. He, he's the head muckety-muck. Well, Chew, Chow, Mrs. Chow, she will be in charge of that trillion-dollar infrastructure deal, and she happens to be banging Mitch McConnell. That's his wife. What's he going to tell his wife to fuck off? Of course not. Of course not. So, great move. 
Great move. Phenomenal move. Phenomenal. So, the military picks, and we talked about it, are for positions of security. They're not picks to run agriculture. There's not a general overseeing the farming business. You have a general overseeing our security. Makes a lot of sense. A lot more sense than a lawyer being in charge. Talked about it before. We'll talk about it again. Just because things were done a certain way for the past 40, 50, 60 years doesn't mean you keep doing those things that way, especially when the guy who won this election broke every single rule that all these people who have followed these 50-year norms said could be done, can't be done, shouldn't be done, never win if they are done. So I think everybody on the left and some people on the right need to get over this whole change. You know, when I listen, uh, those establishments, when I, when I got to listen to Megan McCain have this whole like, oh, oh, I guess I'm not a Republican anymore. I, I mean, they are so distraught that the party went for somebody that is talking about things their party has been against for the past 50 years. It's like they are unhinged just as much as the left is. To listen to Megan McCain bitch and moan and cry. Oh, my God. And a big chunk of that is because her dad got his ass handed to him. And he's Mr. Qualified to be, you know, everything. And here comes Trump. And he just blasts through everything. So... Everybody on the left, the establishment on the right, need to kind of get over the way things used to be done and the fact that they're not going to be done like that anymore. Okay? They got they to get over it. So... The generals that have been picked are going to be heading up our security. Makes perfect sense. We talked about Linda McMahon heading up small business. Well, who better to head up small business than somebody 
that was intricately part of taking a small business and making it a billion-dollar company. And it wasn't on some type of stock market internet bubble like a Mark Cuban or even Zuckerberg where they're making money on nothing. Traffic, if you want to be honest. And in Zuckerberg's case, stealing ideas. Linda McMahon created what she created on selling a product and taking that product from something that was generating hundreds of thousands of dollars to billions of dollars. So, again, a lawyer? No. And when we were breaking down the individuals that served in the Obama administration, the majority of them are lawyers, professors. Very few, very few have any experience whatsoever in the private sector world. Very few. I mean, I don't even know any of them, (laughs) to be honest. But I don't want to say none because somebody pops someone up and go lull him, you know. Look, so today's pick, and it's funny because, again, the left's got to figure out you know, what's the attack? You know, like Trump has a pick. They got to figure out, okay, what's the angle? How do, we, how do we turn something that would be common sense to the average Joe? Because that was uh, the whole military pick for our security. It's a common sense pick, you know? How would you be best to be kept safe? Someone that's in the military, someone that's a police officer, but, you know, somebody that's in that profession, not a teacher. What does the media do? Oh, this is like, uh, you know, Cuba. This is like a dictatorship. Okay. So, the new attack on Trump's nominee for labor secretary is that he made commercials that featured hot chicks eating hamburgers. I'm talking about Andrew Puzder. Now, who Andrew is, is the boss 
of Hardy's and Carl's Jr. The boss. The head muckety-muck. The guy who pulled Hardy's and Carl's Jr. out from the brink of extinction. Make them players. I mean, Carl's Jr. on the West Coast is the fast food number one the nation. Out here in Los Angeles, out here in California, there's more Carl's Jr. than Wendy's, Burger King, and even McDonald's. Now, do I know the exact numbers? No. I'm just going by my area and the fact that at 2 o'clock in the morning, there's three Carl's Jr.'s within three, five, and eight miles that are open versus one McDonald's, no Burger King, no Wendy's, no Taco Bell. Carl's Jr. is a pretty big deal on the West Coast, and Hardee's is a pretty big deal. On the East Coast, we don't have Hardee's over here. But suffice to say, the knock is that he put Paris Hilton, Kim Kardashian, Kate Upton in commercials. I even think Jessica Simpson was in one of those commercials where they're eating a Carl's Jr. burger. I think he's also put the football player, what's his name? Not Ocho Cinco, but (sighs) Terrell Owens. I think Terrell Owens is also in commercials where he was advertising the Carl's Philly cheeseburger. But, and he's in a bathing suit, I think some like Speedo type things sitting by a pool. But the Paris Hilton ads and the Kardashian ads were pretty epic because they were played during the Super Bowl. So this is where the left was able to attack. And one of the headlines said, Trump's treatment of women is going to be brought back into the spotlight 
because of his pick for Secretary of Labor. So, putting Kim Kardashian, Paris Hilton, Kate Upton in bikinis and having them eat hamburgers to promote a restaurant is somehow a disqualifier. Somehow, it's sexist. It's misogynist. I mean, imagine that. Imagine that. The left. The left. The Hollywood elite. The Jay-Z's. <laughs> the Beyonce's. The Miley Ray Cyrus's. The left embraces them. Miley Ray Cyrus hosts award shows with big inflatable dicks that she has on stage and encourages people to grab the inflatable dick, rub the inflatable dick, put the inflatable dick in her mouth. See what we have to deal with, man? You see what we have to deal with? This is going to be four years of lunacy from the left. Lunacy. The left is all about the entertainment industry. It's all about Hollywood. It's all about sex. I mean, Lena Dunham, that slob, was one of Hillary Clinton's biggest cheerleaders. Did you ever see that show she did with Williams' daughter where they're talking about licking people's rectums, tossing salad? Hey, you ever see that show? Have you ever seen that show? And somehow, Trump's nomination for labor secretary is god-awful because he had commercials with Kim Kardashian and Paris Hilton eating hamburgers in bikinis, advertising his franchise. Just amazing. Absolutely amazing. But like we did yesterday with comparing and contrasting who Obama had and who Trump is picking, we have to do with this position. So we're talking about a guy who runs a billion dollar company, right? We're talking about a guy 
who knows all about the workforce, all about jobs, all about business. The labor secretary is all about unemployment rates, getting people to work. I mean, it's it's a again big job. No, it's a pretty big job. It's not a jerk-off job. <laughs> you know, they, they, they exercise control over the department that, of course, suggests laws involving unions. Any type of business controversies. Again, Decent job, you know, business. Kind of need to know a little about business. Anyways, this guy, employees, advertising, uh, workforce, labor, uh, stock market. I mean, these are all the things that he deals with. Real-world experience. Everyday real-world experience. He can identify small business, big business, medium business. Nobody can say, Andrew, you don't get it. No, he gets it. Nobody can say, you're out of touch. You're just a Washington elitist. It's out of touch. You're just a Washington bureaucrat. That's out of touch. You don't understand us. This guy gets it. The guy's the boss of two of the biggest fast food franchises in the world. Chick-fil-A. It's not some regional company when you're laying out millions of dollars for a 30 second spot during the Super Bowl you know you're you're you're, you're a player so you want to know who Obama has and this is what I'm talking about with things that we've done for the past 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years. And when somebody comes in and goes, why are we doing it that way? It's kind of silly. 
We need to do it this way. And people go, what? You can't. You what? But what Trump is doing makes all the sense of the world. Right now, the person that's in charge of labor, Secretary of Labor, is a man by the name of Thomas Perez. You want to know what Thomas Perez is? Drum roll, please. A lawyer. Oh, go figure. Figure. And a civil rights lawyer. To boot. Huh. Makes a lot of sense, right? A guy who graduated from Brown University and then went to Harvard Law School. Yeah. Course. Course. Makes tons of sense. Put a lawyer from Harvard Law School in charge of labor, of overseeing workforces, unemployment. Yeah, sure. Total, total sense. He totally can relate to businesses. Secretary Perez, you don't understand. You're right, I don't understand. I'm a fucking lawyer. I have no idea about giving people jobs. I have no idea about putting people to work. Matter of fact, my entire life has been about sucking on the government's teat. This guy has never had a private sector job. He's never had a private sector job. From Brown University to then Harvard Law School, he worked as a law clerk for U.S. District Judge for the District of Colorado before serving in the Department of Justice from 1989 to 1995, where he worked as a federal prosecutor and as a deputy attorney general for civil rights under Attorney General Janet Reno. He worked as a special counselor for Senator Ted Kennedy and then served as director of office for civil rights in the Department of Health and Human Services in his final years in the Clinton administration. A career politician. When Trump said, Drain the swamp. This is what he's talking about. A guy who's a lawyer and has worked for administration after administration. What real world experience Thomas Perez have. When people criticize Trump for appointing generals to oversee our national security or 
a brain surgeon to oversee inner city housing development. And yet, Thomas Perez, a career bureaucrat, lawyer, is in charge of the Department of Labor. It's it's insane. Absolutely insane. And before him, before him, you had Hilda Solis. Yeah, Hilda Solis. You say, well, who's Hilda Solis? Well, Solis served near the end of the administration in the White House Office of Hispanic Affairs, where she was editor-in-chief of a newsletter during the 1980 and 1981 Washington semester internship as part of her master's program. At the start of the Reagan administration in 81, she became a management analyst at the Civil Rights Division of the Office of Management and Budget. But her dislike for Ronald Reagan's politics moved her to leave later that year. Returning to California... Solis became director of the California Student Opportunity and Access Program in 1982 to help disadvantaged youth gain necessary preparation for college. Ooh. Yeah, woo. Are you... I I mean, guys... Uh, guys, I mean, th- this is where we're going from. Hilda Solis Hilda Solis Thomas Perez just swamp dwellers to a man who's never served in a government job and is in charge of a billion-dollar company, knows the ins and outs of labor, problems with labor, All the things that, you know, a labor secretary should know, should have experienced. I mean, both of these people, 
Nothing. I mean, Solis and Perez, they don't have world experience. They have no real world experience. They worked for the government. That, that's all they did. They worked for the government. They don't know anything about creating jobs. They don't know anything about a workforce. They don't know anything about what it takes to make a business successful. They don't know anything about that. Sure, they've read about it. Yeah, they've read about it. They've read about it. They've studied it. Thomas Perez probably took some economic classes when he was at Harvard, you know, in between his whatever the hell uh, classes you take when you're trying to be a lawyer, I, I, whatever. Again, we're talking about a president who ran a campaign, who got into the political game, and operated like all of us do. So when people would say, oh, I can't believe Trump is doing that. Somebody running for president wouldn't do that. So you can't do, you can't, everything was you can't do it. That's not what so-and-so would do. And yet, he kept winning. And yet, he kept connecting with people. And why is that? Because everyday people identified and understood and were able to relate to the things that Trump was saying or doing. Not everything. But even the stuff that people disagreed with could understand it. Remember, what was it always about? Could you relate to that individual running for president? Would you want to have a beer with that person? Are they likable? Remember the whole Obama-Hillary debate? Oh, yeah, Hillary, I think you're likable enough. So when Washington would say, well, Trump, you can't say that. You can't tweet. And he would say, well, why can't I tweet? Well, because you don't do that. What do you mean? Who doesn't do that? Well, Obama doesn't do that, okay? Well, uh, Mitt Romney didn't do it, okay? John McCain didn't do it. George Bush, blah, 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 blah. You just You just don't do that. Why? Why? Everyday people do. You know, people tripped out that Trump would eat McDonald's. Matter of fact, he loves fast food. People tripped out on that. It's relatable. So his picks are in that same vein. So it's like, I need somebody to be in charge of small business. Uh, you. Yeah, you. You took a small business 
and made it a billion dollar company. I want you to be in charge. Why you you you, you can't pick that person. They need to be a lawyer. Why? Because that's what you do. Well, guess what? Uh, that has failed. Hey, I need a, a, a labor sir. I need you. You you run a a, a billion dollar company. You know what? Um, running a business is all about. You know labor force. You know all that. Well, well, you can't do it. You got to hire a lawyer. Why? Because that's what you do. And, matter of fact, not only do you do that, but you're supposed to hire a woman. Because before Thomas Perez, you had Hilda Solis, you had McConnell's wife, Elaine Chow. She floats all over the place. W put her in there. That's what you do. Mitch McConnell, you throw the wife a bone. And then before her, you had Alexis Herman. And then you had that big mouth Robert Reich. Another professor, lawyer. And then before Reich, you had Lynn Martin, Elizabeth Dole, and Dor McLaughlin. So Trump went, we got to have a businessman. That's all. And of course, the left is also freaking out because he's against a $15 minimum wage. Well, it's just common sense. I mean, it really is. And we, you know, listen, I don't want to go through this whole spiel, but remember, Wendy's by my house already has kiosks where you walk up, And you order from the kiosk, and then somebody calls your number, and they give you food. Is eliminating people that would normally be punching those numbers onto a keypad. And Pudza already said, listen. You can't sell hamburgers for a buck and pay people $15 an hour. Can't do it. It's impossible. And Puster said, listen, you want to raise the federal minimum wage? I'm down for it. You want you want to raise it to 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 adjust for inflation? Okay. You know we 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 can play with it, but fifteen dollars an hour is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Thing on this show about that. Fifteen dollars an hour. You, you know people go to school and get degrees and become nurses, and they make. $15 an hour.
$15 an hour is not exactly chump change. And to give somebody $15 an hour to punch a picture of a hamburger on a keypad is ridiculous. Especially when that business is selling product for a buck. A buck. Remember that. You could buy hamburger for a buck. It's funny. The very same people that benefit from places like McDonald's and Wendy's or Carl's Jr., the very same people that benefit from being able to buy a meal that fills their stomachs up for $4 is also the very same place that liberals want to destroy. Places are necessary for low-income individuals to be able to get a hot meal at a very, very, very affordable cost. A lot of those same people work at these places that the left want to pay an astronomical rate to punch a number or flip a burger, which then in turn will force those places to raise prices, those very same people. Listen, those jobs were never meant to be jobs that somebody would do for the rest of their lives. And we're not talking about going on and managing and someday possibly owning. We're talking about sitting behind that counter going, welcome to McDonald's, what can I do for you? Uh, yeah, could I get a, a large Coke? Would you like to make that a value meal uh, for $4.10? I mean, that's why, for the most part, when you go to those places, there's not 50-year-old men or women working those jobs. Yeah, I'm not saying there's not, but for the most part, they're young people. You can't pay these people $15. You can't. You can't pay. Listen, you can't pay these people $15 and then expect people like Pudzer to still have as many employees as they do and to have dollar burgers. It doesn't work like that. So instead, you go, okay. Normally, we have 
10 people. Well, now I have to pay them $15 and provide them insurance. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get rid of half my staff. I'm going to invest a couple million dollars and get kiosks. The chances are will be purchased from a company from China or Japan. Those kiosks will then replace half the staff, and then the staff that I have left, I will chop the hours to the point where I don't have to provide health care. So now what you wind up doing is having $15 an hour that are only working 34 hours a week. You got five people that don't have jobs. And depending on how the kiosk works, those five people could eventually be on the chopping block, kiosks, and that way of doing business pans out to be successful. They're already talking about this experimental Amazon store that could be the death nail Places of that nature, walk in, you on your phone, boom, 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 grab your stuff, back out. So $15 an hour resistance is something that the left is upset about, besides the whole... Kim Kardashian in the bathing suit thing. And then the other thing is uh, the Obamacare and the fact that Pudzer is like, listen, you, you can't put this burden on businesses. You can't force a company like us to lay out potentially hundreds of millions of dollars for insurance. You can't do that. You're going to kill business. You're going to kill business. So those are the complaints. Girls in commercials eating hamburgers is one. $15 an hour is two. Obamacare is three. But common sense in American people. That Potter is a businessman. He's not a lawyer. He's somebody with real 
world experience. And that, my friends, is what Trump said he would bring to the White House. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari's show. We'll be uh, right back after these fascinating words from Baked Alaska. Yeah. It's Rob Zakari show. Oh God, we're here. We are live. It's uh, I think 9:07 p.m. 9:07 p.m. Isn't it? 9:07 p.m. So first off, and we've been doing updates here and there about the recount. The recount is over. Michigan recount is over. It's done. It's over. No more. I know some of you are very upset by this. I know. It's, uh... (laughs) Poor poor Jill Stein. Poor Jill Stein. (laughs) 
Yes. Her and Hillary Clinton have lost again. Yes. The Michigan recount is officially dead. Gone. No more. It's over. I mean, now, where's all that money gone? Now, I know in Jill Stein's uh, fine print, it wasn't just about the recount. It was about election integrity. But if a federal judge says, hey, Stop with the recon. Stop. It's over. There's no recount at all. They're like there's not. So uh, done. Pack it up. It over. <sighs> now let's get to fun stuff. The recap. Okay, here's the fun stuff. And I don't know if the left is, I don't know, delusional. Or they say, and they are. And let me explain. Just like the Hillary Clinton speech today, where she talks about legislation to prevent fake news. Beginning of the show, I don't know how much of you caught the segment because the internet went down and everything was fucked. We talked about who's going to be the person in charge of saying that's fake news. Bad. And in essence, stopping speech. Talks about Nazism and Stalin and Dictators, all of that, as reference to Trump, they themselves are the real dictators. They themselves are the real Nazis. Now, this whole EPA. Paranoia, or I should say, shock that Trump would meet DiCaprio. And then after meeting with them, go and pick Oklahoma Attorney General Scott Pruitt. 
who the left says is worse than Armageddon himself. That he is against clean water. He's against clean air. He's against just, he wants to make sure within two years our country will look worse than China in regards to equality. We've all seen the video of the Chinese talking about masks on. And the fact that it looks like there's a light fog, like a dew, and in turn, it's really smog. Oh, with the thing, stop. This whole drama, this whole outrage. is because Trump would talk to climate experts or DiCaprio. And then appoint somebody that is the complete opposite. So I ask, should Trump not have heard another point of view is what the left is saying if they were in office, if Hillary Clinton won, they would not meet with anybody that disagreed with them. Because that's what it seems like. It either it is that position or it's the position of, oh, my God, how can you not agree with Al Gore and Leonardo DiCaprio? They are so awesome, and they are so cool, and, so, and they are both Academy Award winners. How could you not? just want to drop to your knees and fillet them both. How could you not change your mind after being in their presence? We are so enamored with them. We ourselves will do whatever they say, even though they themselves do not do what they preach to us to do. So it's evil. It's evil. They're so exposed to the point where they can't even hide stuff anymore. They can't even pretend anymore. And they showed it, I mean, countless times, but just with Hillary Clinton talking about legislation to stop fake news, which is stopping free speech. Fake news, um, half fake news, 
any news, to say we want to stop that type of news is prohibiting free speech. You can't call Donald Trump a Nazi. Can't call him a dictator. You can't call him somebody that wants to stop free press and free speech. And then you go and say, we have to pass legislation to stop fake news. Them being outraged that Trump would go with Scott Pruitt after meeting DiCaprio and Gore says, if we were in charge, we would never, ever take a meeting with somebody that didn't agree with us. Dazzled. And so enamored with the elegance and grace of Al Gore and Leonardo DiCaprio that he didn't change his mind. Theodore. It's funny to watch left lose their minds over this. Well, Trump said, Trump said... I mean, to me, this is just like the left's outrage. Trump was talking to the president of Pakistan. And the left was just beside themselves that Trump would tell the president of Pakistan, oh, can't wait to visit you. Hey, what is he doing? What is he talking about? You... Nobody's gone to bed. You don't go to bed. What is it? And I said, he's just being a New Yorker. He's telling the guy from Pakistan, the president, what he thinks the president from Pakistan wants to hear. He's doing it. That's what all of us New Yorkers do. Girlfriend's talking to you, your boyfriend's talking to you, your wife's talking to you, your parents talking to you. Someone's talking to you, and at some point, you kind of lose interest. But you're still, uh-huh, oh, really? You throw in a, yeah. You throw in some big facial expressions. You drop those, oh, you know, the the, the little words or the little Things that can really, uh, you know, be associated with anything. It's like, oh, yeah, this, I saw this dwarf. <gasps> Whoa. And then he had a knife. Oh. So, you, you know, you can do it. We identify. We understand it. Oh, president of Pakistan. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. Oh, man. Oh, I can't wait to get out there to Pakistan. And he's, you know, Trump's looking at people's room, throwing his fist in the air. Yeah, okay. The same thing with Al Gore. Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, uh, President-elect. Uh, Leo DiCaprio would like to come up. Oh, yeah, sure, have him come up. Sure. 
I love that movie, The Parted. Yeah, have him, yeah, sure. He wants to talk to you about climate change and how important it is. Okay, yeah, sure. Oh, hey, hey, how are you, Leonardo? No, call me Leo. Oh, wow. Sure, I, I want wanted to talk to you about some ideas. I, sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. And then they talk and they back and forth. And maybe, you know, the departed gets thrown in there. Oh, I love the departed. Yeah, that was great. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you like that? Yeah, well, what are you working on? No, sure. Yeah, okay, blah, 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 blah. He leaves the office. Yeah, okay, okay. Who's next? Al Gore off. Sure, have Al come back. Al, how are you? Hello, President-elect, how are you? I got to congratulate you. You did what I couldn't do. Oh, Al, you could have done it. Yeah, yeah, sure. I want to talk to you about climate change. Okay, sure, yeah. Go back and forth, yeah. Trump goes, all right, uh, I'm appointing Attorney General Scott Pruitt. But you met with Al Gore, and you met with Leonardo DiCaprio, and... Well, what do you mean, well? I met with him. I shook my head, smiled. I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard them out. And I went with what I wanted to do as far as that of EPA. What well, didn't change? I they fucking change my mind. Why? Well, because Al Gore, I don't give a fuck. It's Leonardo DiCaprio. I definitely don't give a fuck. I like his movies, not all of them. Shutter Island sucked. <laughs> it was shitty. Departed, top notch. Aviator, bang up job. Shutter Island, dog shit. Why is the left so shocked? Why? Why are they shocked? Why are they shocked? Isn't that what you're supposed to do as the president? Seriously, isn't that what you're supposed to do as a businessman? I know I did. I know. My years of running film company and a wrestling company, I met with lots and lots of people who had shitty fucking ideas. But I rarely, stop, 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 horrible fucking idea, you suck balls, get out of my office. Or, no, I'm not taking the call, I'm not taking a meeting, fuck them. They come in. Oh, hey, so you got an idea? I'd love to hear it. And they give their presentation, made them feel good, made them feel like I was interested, made them feel like they were important. Side, I was saying, you suck. This is a horrible idea. Dog shit. But I was respectful. I gave them the time. Made them feel important. 
and then left. Why is that so hard for people to understand? To Trump did. I mean, all of these games, and I call it a game, with picks, Secretary of State. You really think Trump's going to pick a Dana Robach? But it makes the guy feel good. It makes congressmen feel good. He gets name thrown out there as a Secretary of State consideration. Trump's not going to pick him. Not a snowball's chance to hell that the Secretary of State is going to be Dana Robach. Just having a chick's name is fucking name. Dana. You're a man. Stop it. Have a man name. Dana. Trump's doing what a president's supposed to do. Make someone feel good. Give them that time. And at the end of the day, they walk out, they feel like they had a fighting chance, and then you either agree with them, you don't agree with them. It's Rob's Gary, it's Rob's Gary Show. All right, listen to me. It's 927. Scott Pruitt is the pick for the EPA. The left needs to just relax, stop having a tantrum. The whole concept that Scott's going to get the office to go, hey, listen, I want poison in the water. I want arsenic in our food. I want smog so bad that you can wear gas masks to go outside. It's insane. You guys know it. The average folk knows it. And the next time you hear a lefty say, oh, he's got to do this, and he did, ask them, say, what is it that he wants to do? What is it that he wants to do? Because nobody is he, but don't say, oh, well, he's against regulation. Oh, say what regulation? Oh, well, he sued. Well, what did he sue for? Call people out when they start talking about Pruitt being Satan. Call them out. What is it? What is it? What is his legislation? What is he proposing as it pertains to water. What is it that he's proposing? Well, he wants to loosen restrictions. Restrictions on what? Putting lead in the water? We, we already know lead in the water in Michigan isn't from loose EPA standards. Matter of fact, if you really want to point fingers the federal government was involved in that whole fiasco 
But at the end of the day, you're talking about taking water from one area, cleaning it with another. I mean, EPA had nothing to do with that. There was no regulation that was lifted or could be. No. But you have to say what? Oh, well, he's going to open up more lands for drilling oil, okay? Well, then we'll get an Louisiana or out there with the ocean liner, the ocean thing with the, the okay, yes. Well, you can have a plane. You can have a plane crash. You know, it's funny. As it pertains to oil drilling and things of that nature, pipelines, it's always about, well, what if this happens? Look what happened this time. Okay, well, you had, you know, one incident. That's bad. We're going to have to make sure those incidents don't happen again. But the left dismisses when you talk about illegals being here and committing murders. Like Kate Steinle. She gets killed by an illegal who had been deported a whole bunch of times. But when you bring something like that up to prove your point, as far as it pertains to illegal immigration, the left goes, oh, well, th- th- those are not the norm. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're not like millions of those instances out of the millions that are here illegal to just stamp this blood brush but yet as it pertains to drilling for oil or fracking one incident one accident somehow blankets an entire industry because uh, the liberals they want all the way they 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 want this here they want that they want everything They want, it, they want it both ways. They've always wanted it both ways. And I know both parties are guilty of it, but liberals are far more guilty of it both ways. Far more guilty. So the next liberal douchey friend, she's about to it, say, tell me exactly what he's going to do that's going to create a world of Armageddon. Tell me exactly. Well, he's a climate denier. Okay, so what does that mean, though? What does that mean? Tell you exactly 
to the T what he's going to do. Don't just say, well, the Clean Water Act. Well, what about it? What does it say? What does it say? And what is it that he is trying to stop? What is he trying to stop? And I guarantee you, none of them will be able to tell you the exact problem. It's Rob Zagari. It's Rob Zagari Show. All right, listen to me. We're out of here. We're done for the evening. It's 935 All is good with the world. All is good with uh, what is happening. All is good. Blah, blah, blah. We will see you guys tomorrow. Hopefully, we will not have internet problems. Hopefully, we will not have technical difficulties. And everything will be good. Don't forget, you can listen to us on Blog Talk Radio. You can listen to us on Spreaker. You can listen to us on uh, iTunes. You can listen to us uh, on iHeartRadio. So go there. I guarantee you will enjoy all these places. Go to Twitter uh, and uh, follow us. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Good night.